Shed on the cross. 
you for being here. Brother Ken's going to come lead us as we stand and sing this morning. If you're glad you're saved, say amen. amen. Brother Ken, let's sing together now. Amen. As you uh, grab your red songbook this morning, turn to hymn number 333. If you can't get your hands on one, we all know this song, I'll fly away. We'll sing all three verses this morning, hymn number up in prayer if you would please while brother peck is coming let me give you a couple of requests today first of all i want you to please be much in prayer for chelsea uh, what's chelsea's last name prevento uh, 387 people told me uh prevento uh one of our young adults here at the church she went with us on the ladies mountain retreat and i know a lot of you know chelsea's got a lot of health issues lupus and kidney issues she wasn't feeling well uh, over the weekend out in pigeon forge came home last night Went to the ER and they sent her straight to Duke. So please pray for Chelsea, if you would. Pray also for Lynn Spencer. Uh, that is uh, Loretta Branch's mother-in-law, uh, awaiting a place at the VA hospital. Uh, so remember that, if you would. We're sure glad to have uh, Sister Biggs back with us today. Amen. After her battle with cancer, her uh, chemo is finished. And uh, she waits now of an appointment to, do, to check with the imaging regarding potential surgery. And, of course, uh, you remember her in prayer. Uh, Brother Biggs was joking with me. She goes the 14th about her surgery. He goes the 12th about his surgery on his heart. And he said, we're going to try to work this out, preacher, so that they wheel me out while they wheel her in. And we can high five as we go. Amen. And uh, you remember her, if you will, in her continual battle. 
we've got several in our church who are battling cancer. So you keep praying for all of them. Uh, and Brother Peck, I want you to come now take us to the throne room of grace. Uh, we're excited about what the Lord's going to do today and what he's going to do this week. And I want to encourage you to join us now. Let's just bathe this place in prayer that God would have his way in our midst because he does all things well. So let's join in prayer together. Brother Peck, you come on, take us this morning. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the day you've given us, Lord, to be in your house. Lord, we pray we'd not ever take it for granted, Lord, the blessings to be able to come out, Lord, for the health and each breath and heartbeat you give us, Lord, because it's from Calvary, Lord, you shed your blood so we could have a way of salvation. Lord, we pray today that you just meet in the service and bless the services today like never before. Bless the preaching and singing that be spirit-filled. And I pray, Lord, for these prayer requests just asked for this morning, Lord, you reach down and just put your hands around each one. Bless the ones that need the healing, Lord, Lord, you just give them the healing powers needed. This young lady down in church that's gone out to Dukes, I pray, Lord, you give her healing power there. And bless uh, uh, the ones that uh, others need healing power too. Bless the ones that most of all, Lord, that they're lost. I pray, Lord, you reach down to us, Lord, bless them to come forward today when they're drawn, Lord, to not to be not to be discouraged, not to get scared, not to not to not to back out, Lord. Lord, just bless them. Just come on to this altar, Lord, to get saved and have a way to heaven, Lord, to go out those doors and be lost and undone. What an awful thing that'd be. Yes. Lord, we pray for the preaching, as we said before, that you to be with us, be with us, revivals coming up, Lord. I pray that the uh, excitement, the Lord, to be in our hearts, and Lord, as it is when we're the day when we first got saved, Lord. Bless us, Lord, where we just lift our hands up and just be over the service, Lord. Pour out your spirit upon it. Lord, we need you. We just love you, and it's so exciting, Lord, to, uh, just to be able to serve you. We love you, and we need you for it's in Jesus name we pray amen amen thank you my friend you can be seated this morning no other name given among men whereby we must be saved but the name Jesus you listen now as a choir sings I love this old song at the name of Jesus I hope it'll bless your heart Since chains are broken. 
more for you this morning. We didn't come to leave. We came to worship. Amen. I love this song, and I love to hear this young lady sing it. I want you to listen now as she sings, God's been good in my life. If he's been good to you, say amen this morning.
of you who are visiting with us, this might seem a little bit unusual to you, but we don't come to just go to church, we come to worship. So Anna, I know you're struggling on the voice, but we're going to ask you to sing this whole song one more time from the beginning. If God is speaking to your heart this morning, I want you to just feel free to use this altar. I know a lot of the choir has come down. Choir members, we're not done with you. Get back up here. Come on, choir. You can come pray, but get back up here and sing. Come on. We're going to sing it from the beginning. God has spoken to your heart this morning. You come on and make your way. The Lord moves you. Sing it, Anna.
wouldn't change them. I wouldn't change them if I could. One more time, Miss Renee. Come on, one more time. Here we go. Sing it now. God's been good. Amen. In my life. I feel blessed. I feel blessed beyond. Amen. As I go to sleep. Though I've had. Thank you, choir. Come on down this morning. Wonderful job. been good to you say amen friends boy we're glad you're here today thank you so much wonderful crowd i know some of you had to park over the river and through the woods down to grandmother's house you parked and i appreciate your willingness to do that we're working we're working on getting all of that done expanding our parking and then we're going to expand the sanctuary then if the lord comes back ken can do whatever he wants to with it afterwards amen but i appreciate what you're doing and helping us out with that ushers thank you for your helping us this morning as well these are good problems to have Good problems to have. Some quick announcements. Kids, we will do junior church after a while. I'm going to let you sit through the singing this morning. I know you'll appreciate that. And then just before the preaching, uh, we'll head up to junior church. We're in no hurry this morning. We're not doing services tonight. I want you to relax and enjoy the morning and rest up this afternoon because we're going to get it cranked up this week. With Brother CT, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Kyler Rowland and Deliverance. We were on our way back from Women's Mountain Retreat yesterday. CT texted my wife. I was sitting beside of her. He said, sent her a text that said, hey. And she responded with, hey. <laughs> and he said, is it true? And I thought, oh, my Lord, what this fella going to say next? He said, is what true? <laughs> he said that Kyla Rowland's going to be with us all week long. He responded, in loving, compassionate way that she always done. Where have you been? <laughs> We're looking forward to it. What a tremendous, tremendous week uh, the ladies had at Women's Mountain Retreat. Oh, amen, amen, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. 
I, I do have to pause a moment, and I do owe an apology to all of our teenagers. Because there are many times, teenagers, where I have said, you all are the loudest bunch of people I've ever encountered in my life. There have been a new group that has overtaken that record. Let me just tell you. In fact, I will tell you, one of the fellas that went with us, I won't tell you who it was, but his initials were Carl, said on the bus, with all of this cackling, we ought to have a whole bunch of scrambled eggs for breakfast in the morning. Amen. Amen. We had a good time, and I appreciate it. So I also uh, uh, discovered uh, that, that, all, that all of us who consider ourselves kind of hillbilly rednecks, we have a new name. We're no longer allowed to be called hillbilly rednecks. We were instructed about this up there, that in this age of political correctness, we can no longer be called hillbilly rednecks. We're Appalachian Americans. Amen. So <laughs> that's all right. Thank you so much for those of you that went. We had a wonderful time, wonderful time. Again, we're looking forward to services this week. They begin at 7 o'clock. Next Sunday morning is, of course, moving up Sunday here at our church. With regards to our Sunday school, children's church, junior church, all of that happens next Sunday morning. Keep that in mind if you would. We've got all of our dates in there. One is beginning September the 6th. Don't forget choir on Tuesday, September the 12th. We're heading down to New Hope Baptist to sing at their revival with Brother Joe preaching. Of course, Brother Hobbs is the pastor. We'll leave from here at 530. Looking forward to that. And then I want to read a card to you. Don't normally do this, but this comes from Sheriff Lane Perry. Uh, in recognition for what we did on Civil Servant Sunday, he said, uh, Pastor and friends at SAGBC, thank you so much for your appreciation services that you do and did. They are so nice, and the officers who've attended frequently talk about how beautifully they are treated, and then he puts in they like the meal too. Amen. <laughs> so apparent that our church, that your church goes to great lengths to recognize these men and women. We are forever in your debt. Thank you, Sheriff Lane Perry. How nice, and I appreciate that so much, what you do to make that service so special for these men and these women. We are absolutely honored and thrilled and delighted to welcome the joyful sounds with us this morning. I want y'all to come on and make your way up here. Love these folks. Ushers, you all come down this morning as well. Ushers, come on and make your way down while they're coming. I love, 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 love these people. I love their talent. I love their testimony. They haven't changed one little bit. Uh, th brother, uh, th this is your granddaughter, right? This is, this is your granddaughter. Uh, wave your hand, sweet peak. Wave your hand, darling. Can you wave your hand for me? Yeah. Uh, there you go. She's right there. Um, she was, that's all right. She was, she was sitting beside of, of Dottie's husband here. Uh, when I came in and greeted them this morning, and I went up to her and I said, you are so pretty. And she said, thank you. And I said, and I'm so sorry you have to sit beside of this old ugly man. And she looked at me and she said, he ain't ugly. <laughs> I love it. Bless your heart. Well, I love these folks, and I'm so glad they're with us today to kick off our revival. I want them to take all the time that they have. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing them this morning. Father, bless the offering. May it be what you'd have it to be. Thank you for what you've already done in our midst, Lord. We surely don't take for granted your presence. And we ask you just to continue to meet with us today as we worship you in Christ's name. Amen. Sing. Jesus, my heavenly King, loves me, I know. Praises to him I sing, onward I go. Closely to him I cling, blessings 
still flow. I love my Savior too. on this thing and I want you to know that me and Dottie are really skinny <laughs> and that picture I love this picture I, I don't I know how long ago that's been or where they got it from but I just wanted to let y'all know on this revival picture uh, <laughs> but you slammed me down <laughs> I appreciate it so very much you ever done that God bless you bless your heart <laughs> Tim tell them about the song <laughs> It is great to be back up here, and uh, I, I don't know, I look the same. I don't know what happened with them. Uh, but uh, we, uh, we always love coming up here and uh, love you people, and you're so easy to sing to. And uh, I know it's a lot of people coming to the altar today, uh, and you never know what people's problems are or what problems they're going through, but we all go through them at some point in time. And, you know, it's easy sometimes to say, uh, God, this is something wrong with this picture, and uh, this is not right. And, uh, but I'm here to tell you today something. God's promised he'd never leave you or forsake you. No matter what you go through, he'll be there. And even though we don't understand, trust him. Just trust him. God makes no mistakes. Listen to the words of this song.
under the I you know what I had another that I thought we should but well, this will be our last song thank you for having us thank you thank you thank you for asking us to go <laughs> we want to hear brother but anyway uh, you know sometimes say to being old everything that he can in your way, in your path. And uh, the spirit of the Lord is so real here this morning. And if you're visiting here this morning, 
I'm telling you, just jump in. Yeah. And just, I tell you, the Lord is good. And all you have to do is just open up your heart. Open it up, and you know what? He'll open up the floodgates. And uh, you might wonder what's happening when you're here, but when you leave, you'll be so happy. You'll feel like all the burdens are gone. And I love him this morning with all my heart. Under the blood, I'm happy. Remind. 
Amen. That is awesome. All right. Miss Renee is going to come to the piano. All the little ones, we're going to skip the penny march this morning. If you're heading to Children's Church, Junior Church, I want you to quickly come make your way down to my left. Uh, Brother and Sister Nichols, they'll take you where you need to go. All those that are Children's Church, fifth grade and below, if you're visiting with us, fifth grade and below, come on and make your way this morning to Children's Church and Junior Church. Quick, quick, quick this morning. Heath, come on and make your way up here. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing a verse this morning, then we're going to get straight to the preaching. One verse, and then we'll get right into the preaching. Come on, Brother Ken. this morning. Thank you so much. Come on up here, Brother Heath. I love, love, love this young man. I love what God's doing in his life. Uh, he is a testimony of the grace of God. Uh, many of us have watched him for the last several years, first with Greg Lentz Ministries and then with Brother C.T. and now a fantastic young evangelist in his own right. And uh, his testimony blesses my heart, teenagers, uh, and I don't want to give too much away. I don't think you mind me sharing this, Heath, where God found you and what he did with your life and cleaned you up and put you on a brand new pathway. You are never too far out in sin for God to rescue you and get you on a brand new pathway. I love him, and I'm glad he's here. I want you to make him welcome this morning. Brother Heath, you come on, buddy. Love you. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Well, if you love the Lord, say amen. Amen. I don't know a whole lot, but I know when God's around, and uh, I felt it when I got here this morning, and uh, the choir sure did a wonderful job, and then the joyful sounds, they always do good, and uh, I hadn't got to be with them in a long time, so I was happy about getting to make it, and uh, I know everybody's wondering, my wife is good, the baby's good, and uh, God is good, and uh, some, one, a couple of my buddies I'm very good friends with. Uh, they told me, they said, we've been taking bets on how long it's going to take you to cry after the baby's born. And uh, we was all asking, laughing about it, and I asked my dad, I said, well, what do you think? He said, son, you're going to be a basket case before she comes out. Yeah. I said, well, I appreciate that encouragement, Dad. you got faith in me. And uh, I guess that is all about right. <laughs> and uh, it was an amazing uh, experience, I guess is the way to put it. And uh, the nurse come in and said, we was just going to have a little practice round. And uh, I said, okay, and just different things. Y'all know about that. And the next thing I know, 
Uh, I looked at her and I said, well, I guess we're, you know, we'll take a break. They're coming. She said, oh, no, honey. She said, uh, things went a little better than I thought. She said, we got to go. <laughs> and I looked like that. I said, okay. And I walked up there and started holding her hand. And she said, she said, ain't no time for that. She said, here we go. And uh, next thing I know, I was holding a little baby girl. And uh, she's beautiful. And so my wife says she wishes she could be here. And uh, I sure love this place. It's been such a... Just a highlight for me for several months now since we've been talking about it. Last little while, I love you, Pastor. I've known him a long time. I always looked up to him. He's helped me many times uh, with different questions and things. And so I was very excited and honored to be able to come. And uh, I apologize for being late. We had a little, uh, uh, what do you call it, a blowout there at the house. And uh, my wife needed some help. And so then I was flying up here. And by the time I got here, I told Miss Renee, I said, I, that daddy brain must be true. Uh, I forgot my wallet, I forgot my part of my keys, I forgot my chapstick, but I did get my Bible, so I say amen, I did remember that, and uh, so I just hope I can find my way home, maybe I remember how to get back. Uh, but Luke chapter number 10 this morning, Luke chapter number 10, while you're turning there, uh, isn't it amazing how much the Lord loves us? We didn't deserve him, but he sure, he came and loved us anyways. And uh, I just enjoyed that singing this morning from the songs about the storms all the way to about it's under the blood. And uh, it's a good day in your life, not only when you allow the Lord to forgive you, but another great day in your life is when you allow yourself to forgive yourself. If God's forgiven you, then you might as well forgive yourself. And quit letting the devil hang things over your head and forget about the rest of it and just go and worship God. And uh, he's a good God. And if he's willing to forgive you this morning or if he's willing to carry your burdens, you let them go. You trust it to God this morning. You say, well, I'm not worthy. Well, I, I put both hands up on myself, but it's not about whether I'm worthy. It's about how worthy he is. And uh, I'm glad we come to get in this morning. You say, well, what's the big deal? Well, you travel with me for a little while. And uh, I took it for granted too. And you'll find out just how special a place like this is. This don't happen everywhere. As a matter of fact, it don't happen most places. Too much programs and personalities. It'd get in the way if God showed up. I just appreciate when the Lord's around. You stand with me this morning, Luke chapter number 10, verse number 30. Just read a few verses to you and give you the thought that's on my heart. Don't, don't really know that I feel led to give all of it, but I want to get somewhere that where my heart is this morning. The Bible says, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he, ha he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, notice now it doesn't say by chance, but it says as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. By the help of the Lord, I'd like to preach on this thought for a moment this morning. When he passed by, when he passed by our Father in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is to be in God's house. 
Thank you, Lord, for the singing that we've heard, the way that you've moved, God, and the way that you've touched our hearts. Lord, I'd have to be the first to say this morning, God sure has been good. Lord, better than we deserve, I pray this morning you would stir the saints of God about remembering just what the Lord's done for us. God, revival is simply just falling in love with Jesus again. I pray this week some special things would happen at this place and God, you would touch people and save souls and change lives. Bless those that will be involved. Thank you for an opportunity and an honor to be a part. Help us this morning. May Jesus be lifted up and we'll give you the glory for all that's said and done. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated. Of course, here in Luke chapter number 10, there's a lawyer who's questioning the Lord about loving your neighbor. And you know most of this story. And they begin this dialogue. And Jesus, as the master sermon and the master illustrator, he begins to tell this story, this parable that is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And he begins to say that there was a certain man that went out of the high place of Jerusalem and went down to Jericho. Far as I can figure in reading my Bible, he wasn't doing anything wrong. The Bible doesn't paint a picture that he was a thug or that he had something coming his way he was just at the wrong place at the wrong time best I can figure it. and a group of thugs jumped out and beat him silly and took everything that he had they stripped him down and they stole it all and they left him to die bleeding out but then the Bible said that a priest came by that way now that would be the modern day man of God that would be the preacher that's the man that's supposed to know the Lord supposed to have the heart of God if I would have stop reading that story right there we would have all agreed that surely the priest would help him but the word of God said that he was there by chance and he looked and he saw and here's what he did he said you know there's nobody I just in my mind I just see it this way well there's not a big crowd here to pat me on the back and where's those certificates where they're going to sign and say I did such a good thing in the ministry well it's just not worth my effort this man's not the kind of person we really want down at our church and so he passed by on the other side and then likewise a Levite came that way that's the man that led the worship he knew the law there was all kind of things that he did at the house of God at the temple and he should have had the heart of God he should have known how to help this man but likewise he did the same thing and he left him the same way he found him or I'd even like to say this he left him worse than he found him because now he's closer to death now he's one step farther away from hope he's been scarred by some people and as a matter of fact the man on the ground is a Jew these two men are Jews they're on the same team they come from the same place they had every reason to help this man but they didn't but then the word of God said it like this but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed it wasn't by chance it was by divine purpose and when he came to where that man was he's a half breed he's of a nationality that was hated this man on the ground is a Jew that possibly his family could have made fun of this man but yet he had every reason not to help him but he was willing to help him and he got invested in his life you say preacher what in the world's that got to do with me could I say it like this this morning religion will leave you worse than it found you you can have a preacher let you down you can have a church let you down you can have people that in the name of Christianity do you wrong and leave you worse than they found you but I've never met one person that if Jesus really passes by your way and he comes to where you are and one touch of the master reaches down into your world that he never leaves anybody the same way they are he 
will change you from the inside out. And by the way, those other people may have had chances in your life and they may just have been a brush encounter. But when a God of heaven on divine purpose and mission comes into your world, it's not by accident. It was all set up because God loves you and he wanted to put it under the blood and he will change you and give you everything and more. It ain't done nothing for you. I don't know what you found. You might have met a priest. You might have met a Levite. But I promise you, if you get what I got, you will know that you know that you know there's something different about our Lord. Because of what he did for us, I want to give you a couple things this morning to encourage us. I'll take my seat. Notice with me a condition that brought affection. The Bible says, and wounded him and departed, leaving him as When this Samaritan gets on the scene, how many of you ever worked in the medical field and you see tragedy? You get on the scene, time is ticking. It's your heart's racing. You're trying to lower yourself and you get you come up on a scene or you see something and all of a sudden this man's looking. He begins to see what's going on with this man and he gets down into his word world and he finds a condition that affected his you know, it's amazing how you could be having the worst day ever. But if you see the right person going through the right thing, it can so move your heart. And my goodness, be thanking God that it's not worse. And it seems as though this Samaritan comes on the scene and immediately what he saw with his eyes affected his heart. The word of God said it like this, what I've seen with my eye had affected my heart. You know what I'm afraid happens many times in our life? We get sure enough born again by the grace of God. We go to a good fundamental church. We got the right Bible. We've got the right ways of doing things. We've got the right worship. We feel the Holy Spirit move on us. We see God change our life. We put a suit on or whatever, some nice clothes. We get us a good Bible. We start reading it. We find out how to serve God in in. in there we find out how to do all of the things if you will we put programs in we put standards into our life we can tell everybody this is what's right and this is what's wrong we get all of those things right but somewhere along the way I'm afraid what happens in a good Baptist churches across America is somewhere in the midst of all of that we forget about just how bad we was when the Lord found us whether you was on a pew in religion or whether you was living a rebel lifestyle on a bar stool it took the same blood to save you we didn't deserve God he didn't have to come looking for me but he did cause he loved me and that same condition in my life that affected the heart of God it ought to move us to look at somebody else and not just say well there goes a drunk or not just say well that old drug addict ought to do better I agree there's people that have caused their own circumstances but aren't you glad this morning that when Jesus come on the scene in your life he didn't fold his hands and say well look at the mess you created it's not really my problem aren't you glad that in mercy and grace he just stooped down and said now you've done this but I'm going to do something about it and as a church of the living God as a born again child of God you ought to be able to let your eyes go past just somebody go past just their sin it's easy to stand up here and look down your nose and talk about how much better we are than they are but it takes a real Christian it takes somebody with the real heart of God to not just hoop and holler and build their self up but to bow down as Christ did at the last 
Supper and say, I don't want a throne, I want a towel, and bow down into their world and let what you see with your eyes move your heart. That's what the key is in this day and hour. We'll never reach this generation standing up here, looking down, talking about it. I agree with you, we got some craziness going on. I agree with you, I've never seen it seem to be so bad in America, but you ain't going to fix anything saying you're just awful. Look at you, but maybe, just maybe, if we got back to realizing that Paul said, but for the grace of God, so go I. You could be that person. We all should have been out there with those people, but Jesus passed by when he could have went a million places. He changed your world when you could have been born around the world and never heard the gospel, and it seems as though you wouldn't have never had the amount of opportunities you have here. That's the goodness of God, and it ought to move our heart to reach into their world and say, I'm here because I love you, because Jesus loved me. Something that's become so real to me, I've mentioned this before, but now it's on a whole other level because I have a baby. I thought about how you go around town, this is a good way that God can develop that tenderness in heart. Think of it this way. Just ride around sometime and you'll see some little old girl and you can tell that she's living a bad lifestyle and you see her doing things and you watch them at nighttime going places or watch a young man as he drinking his life away or watch somebody that's stooped in some kind of self-righteousness or false religion or all of those things are on the same level and as you watch the destruction taking place, don't just see that as, oh, that's just another deadbeat. But look at it this way, that's some daddy's little girl, that's some mama's little boy that they've been weeping and crying every night. And what if this was just the case this morning? What if there was a mom and daddy on this side of town who cried their eyes out every night begging God to reach a child that they don't know where it is and you work with that child you go to school with that daddy's little girl you're the one that God has raised up and while we're playing around with religion and talking about how we got it all together and playing games in the who's who's of the brethren and trying to climb ladders and crowds whatever happened to just being in the Jesus camp whatever happened to just say I don't care what anybody else thinks about me I ain't worried about what Dr. So-and-so's got to say I just got born again by the grace of God one day the brethren didn't save me the church didn't do for me what Jesus did so I ain't going to let them get in the way now there is somebody that is counting on you and what Jesus did for you he wants you to take him to somebody else and they're counting on you and they're counting on you and I can't reach the same people you can and you can't reach the same people I can but none of us can reach nobody without a heart full of affection I ask you this morning what do you see what do you see go around when was the last time you just cried your eyes out, wondering about somebody, burdened over somebody, loving like Jesus? Well, let me give you this one, a condition that brought affection, a compassion that brought association. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Jude said it like this, some having compassion, making a difference. I'm convinced in this day and hour that we live, I get to travel by the grace of God. And I thought everybody was like Brother Hodges. I thought everybody was like the few preachers that we've known and grown up around in these areas and in these good churches. I was from a good church just like you are. Our pastor only lets the right kind of men come in and the men like Brother Arthur and Brother C.T., those men that always are loving people. And kind. I thought that's just how it is, but that ain't how it is. Compassion brought us so we had a youth rally one time. 
we had a guy that we knew was coming. It was from one of the big choir youth rallies. And we knew that he was going to be wild looking. So we kept an eye on him just to see how people. Large auditorium where over a thousand people were coming to this youth rally. There wasn't a seat hardly to be found nowhere. People piled in over here, piled in the front, piled in back here. And about halfway back, this young man that, if I remember correctly, I think he had just gotten saved that folks was working with that had been affected by the gospel came in and sat down. Wild colored hair, earrings all over, wearing a black from head to toe. He didn't know no better, and I figured the Holy Ghost didn't need no help. We was going to love on him. Come in and sat down. It was amazing. All the seats around him, and everybody's looking around for a chair. I going to bring some more chairs in? I need a seat. I was watching him. We said we wish, looking back on it, we'd have set him down right in the front in the middle. Seen how long it took for some people to come. And then we go to church on Sunday and say, well, I don't know why people don't want nothing to do. We, we got the truth. Truth without compassion will only great man of God of yesteryear said it like this your Christian life if all you ever leave behind is a pathway of blood and destruction I don't know what you're doing but that ain't Holy Ghost living that ain't Holy Ghost ministry I ain't talking about just being preachers we all got a ministry of helping people and it ought to be a ministry that oozes out with compassion this generation wants to know that, that you love them before they know how much you care you got to get invested you got to get dirty this man knelt down in his world you can't work on somebody that you ain't got in their world and they go to turning them back and forth and getting in them and guess what happened that man's blood's now on him that man's dirt's now on him if that group of people comes back to fight him guess who's attached guess who's going to have to be invested that man on the ground and I understand there's a great spiritual warfare I'm not here to lie to you this morning if you sit in complacent Christianity the devil for the most part will leave you alone but if you dedicate yourself to the, to the abilities and to the lifestyle of taking Jesus the people that are dying and you want to make a difference I'm telling you this morning you will be able to make a difference God will see you through but the opposition will come you will have to fight for that person on the ground somebody's got a war for their soul brother Mays used to say nobody gets saved without somebody praying for them it's going to cost you something but it ought to be that the condition they're in produces such compassion in your heart that you say I'm willing to get into their world because they need love aren't you glad somebody got in your world Aren't you glad for the man of God that preached to you that fought hell by the acre all week? Aren't you glad for that dear old saint of God and that preacher's wife that hung it out and prayed and fought hell by the acre just so the day that you heard the gospel and it began to prick your heart? It would have never happened if somebody wouldn't have said, I'm willing to get invested. I'm not talking about sitting on bar stools with them. I'm not talking about nothing radical. But let me ask you something. What did they accuse you of? They couldn't get him with any sin, never lied, he never told a story, never had a bad attitude, he never got sideways, he never lost his temper in the wrong way. He was a God that not only didn't sin, but he couldn't sin, he was God. Here's what they said about him. Well, our problem with him is we don't really like his network. They said it's just a little too loose. For they said, we've kind of got everything sectioned out down at the temple of how who you act with and who you go with and how you do and what you, you know what I'm saying they, 
We've got it all set up and messing it all up. We don't eat with the kind of people he's with. We don't deal with the kind of people he's dealing with. These are not our kind of people. He said, we're afraid he's going to mess up a good thing we got going. So if Jesus broke religious molds and he got in trouble, if you will, because his network was a little too loose for him, I want to ask you a question. Got anybody in your network that ain't the perfect Christian? If your circle's so tight that you never talk, invest, take somebody to dinner. I'm talking to Christians now, people that's mature in the, the things of God. You know what you believe. You got things settled in your world. If your network's so small that, that you don't never have any interaction with them, probably too small because you just... He spent more time with the people that they didn't want than he did trying to run. He always saved his harshest words for the religious crowd and his most compassionate words for the ones that everybody hated. And if we want to be a church, if we want to be a Christian, if I want to be the child of God that God wants me to be, then he wants me to be so moved with compassion that I'm almost angry at people that aren't the way that the Lord was, and yet, see, we get mad at the wrong things. We see this stuff on television. We watch people that's going to different lifestyles that are breaking our heart, and I agree. It breaks my heart, but let me just say this this morning. I ought to have more compassion for them and for all that they got going on and understanding maybe they've never known love. They've never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. All my compassion ought to flow this way, and all my righteous anger ought to flow this way to the people that's busting this whole thing up because they said the wrong things to those kind of people I'm just saying if you want to be a difference maker it's going to start in your heart you've got to learn how to love people and how do you spell love all you ladies can spell it for me T-I-M how you spell love I want to call let me share this way one of the greatest things I learned while I was at Victory Preacher Brown was his ability to love people when I went down there I'll be honest I'm how'd you say redneck hillbilly this is really polished for me right now it's the best I can do you ought to see me at home they come in the hospital room they caught me at 3 a.m. I was just kicked back in my redneck self I had camo crocs on had a real tree camo shirt on had my don't tread on me hat on with with the you know the, the, the guns and all that doctor come in, caught me off guard in the middle of the night, needing something on a blood test. And, I, and she said, oh, hey. I'd look different than when she come in early. I said, ma'am, don't mind me. I said, it's just middle of the night. I said, I'm comfortable. She said, hey. I could tell I don't think she'd ever seen camo crocs. One person said, the holes in them things where all your dignity leaks out. I don't know. They're just comfortable. So I go down to victory. I sit right there in the middle. Big old auditorium. Music cranks up. They start singing. It sounds wonderful. A curtain starts going up. Nobody's raising it. Next thing I know, a whole choir's up there. They got beautiful lights. Preacher Brown's over here, jumps up behind the pulpit, starts testifying, going at it. I'm sitting there going. And so like every young preacher, I said, man, I got to find out what makes this guy because we all want God to you. So immediately I said, I got to find out. It must be his outline. It's got to be the way he runs this music program. It must be the master facility builder that he is. 
I said, it must be that he's got a great personality that everybody just likes to laugh. Holy Ghost took me through a little training school that that wasn't any. People are not impressed with personalities and programs and messages, equations, all that stuff. It runs out. But one day, I got to start working over to church. Preacher Brown tells you to do something. He, he don't like to be asked questions. He just wants you to do what he tells you. Fair enough. That's, that's the way you ought to be. He said, get in the car. I said, okay. We hopped in. He had this, and he may still drive around some, but it's, it's an ice cream truck's what it is. It's not the gospel mobile. It's the ice cream truck. Children come up wondering if the lights and music's going to come on and if we've got ice cream for them. It's awful. We got in that van and started driving across Augusta, Georgia. And if you've ever been down there, there's the really rich side where the masters play. Go across one street on the wrong side, it's rough. Gang central. We started to cross there, and he turned that way. I was sitting over there thinking, I didn't know a whole lot about the area, but I did know about we was going on the wrong side of town, and it was getting rough by the moment. I said, well, he's from this area, but maybe he's lost. I was just sitting over there. I didn't want to bother him. Next thing I know, we go down another street, and I said, Gotta be lost. So he pulls in at a Harley Davidson motorcycle shop. I said, Well, he probably figures there's a good fella in there. You know, I've met a lot of good bike riders. I said, Maybe he's just gonna get some directions for wherever it is we was going. Opens up the door, and I mean, 17 Marlboro cigarettes about knocks you backwards. Swings the door open. He said, Come on. I said, Okay. I'm walking behind him. Opens the door up, and there's a lady behind the counter, slicked out in leather, looking pretty rough. And she says, hey, y'all, Larry's here. I said, they know his name. He said, come on. I come over there. They come out. They said, hey, it's the Rev. Next thing I know, everyone unburies a cigarette, sets it over on the side as if they're going to fan it out of there. They all grab a chair, and they come up and set a circle down. He goes over there and flops down right in the middle of them. He looks back and says, sit down beside him. I'm, I mean, I'm talking about some of the roughest dudes I've ever seen in my life. And they just start chatting. He loves bikes. He started talking about this motorcycle and that motor and these chrome rims and talking about buying something over here. And they said, well, we know a fella that's got a real good deal, but we don't know if he stole them or not, but it is a good deal. Preacher Brown said, I won't ask no questions. I won't have to worry about nothing. Just tell me that guy's number. <laughs> said, they fixing to have a drug deal. I think something's going on. I'm, I'm, you know, now remember, I, the curtain, everything, I'm, I'm trying to figure out this man. And the next thing you know, he flips in. He says, hey, bet. He says, hey, fellers. Man, Sunday was awesome. He, didn't, he, didn't, he went beyond their little problems. He went to what he knew would help them. God moved. I wouldn't believe the people that left with hope in their heart, smile on their face. He said, it's unbelievable. I want you guys to come sometime. He said, oh, Rev, you know we're going to come. We left out there and we started back across the way going back to church and there was a man pushing a little shopping cart and he was shaking and he was dirty and had all kind of piled up. You could tell he was homeless and on drugs. Come by, I said, the stoplight and Preacher Brown was just kind of looking over and I saw tears start running out the corners of his eyes. 
He could see me looking at him. I didn't say nothing. And then a little bit later, he said this to me. He said, son, listen to me. He said, if you ever get to the point where that doesn't move your heart, he said, ministry and Christianity is not about big ladders and large platforms and lots of people patting you on the back and recognition for what you did at the church and how you served and what you did. He said, real Christianity is when you can just go around to people that don't deserve it. You can cry over them and love on them. And over the course of the time I was at that church, I watched about half that Harley Davidson motorcycle shop come and get saved by the grace of God. They still come in, them leather vests on, buttoned up. Now they got the eagle on the back with Isaiah 40, 31, like some of them groups do. And Preacher Brown would just go around town, black T-shirt on, says Harley Davidson, blue jeans and dress shoes. It's the worst outfit I've ever seen in my life. White socks that raise up from his blue jeans when he's got them penny loafers on. But here's what's important. He was just him. We've created now this idea that we just can't be who we are. Listen to me, young person. God made you just like you are. Be you. There's not a, this whole Instagram phenomenon is calling people to kill themselves because they only let you see what they want you to see. It's a, it's a fantasy. Real life's different. Just be who you are. I've got a way that I do things. He's got a way he does things. You're all going to have a way you do things. But the key's not how you do it, but it's why you do it. If it's filled and driven by compassion and a tear in your eye, I promise you people will about let you do anything you want if they know you love. I give you this one quickly. I take my seat. Notice with me there was a compassion that brought association and there was commitment that brought action. Verse number 34, and he went to him and bound up his wounds pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. This man gets down. He checks everything out. He goes back to his beast. He reaches in his satchel. All he's got, all they carried in that day was blood and wine. That, or that wine and that, that red wine and that oil is all that he had in his satchel. And he brings it back. And the Bible said he poured it in, not on. Because we're not treating surface scratches. Band-Aid and Neosporin like Grandma gave you ain't going to work no more. And the mentality of they blow in and blow out and you just say, God bless you, the Lord loves you. Not going to get it done. They've been cut to the bone. They're bleeding out. They're literally, their life is on the line. They're unconscious is what that word means. They couldn't fix their self if they wanted to. That's what we've got to remember. These people are by the way they are, not because they want to be, but because they're in bondage to sin and Satan. And somebody's got to get them under the blood. Somebody's got to change their life. And when that Samaritan, the Lord Jesus Christ, poured in the oil, which is the Holy Spirit of God conviction, and the blood, the wine of Christ, and wrapped it up in what I like to think was a bandage of grace, that man was laid on his own being and he carried him to an end and the word of God said that he lived all he had was oil and wine but praise God that was all that he needed and I want to let you know this morning that some 2,000 years later the same blood will work the same blood the same Holy Spirit will work the same thing that got you saved will get your youngin saved and get your grand youngin saved we ain't got to look for nothing else what God already gave us will work the preaching and the praying and the praising and singing of God and praying till God moves on their heart it'll still work somebody's just got to get to them somebody's just had to have the compassion and when the Lord gets in their world and pours in the all and wine they'll always live it never tells us what this guy did and I think that's because the Lord wants you to know it didn't matter 
doesn't matter whether you was moral or whether you was the most ungodly person that you've ever met in your life. The same blood is so strong and the grace runs so deep that you can't outsin it. You can't outrun it. You can't go so far and be so bad that one touch from the Lord that he can't lift you up. A commitment that brought action. Went to an end. That's a picture of the house of God. See, we're not a museum to come in and strut about what all the Lord's done for us and talk about how good we are. This is a hospital for hurting and sick people. You come in on a Sunday morning, the reason you pray for your pastor, the reason you should fast and pray and be burdened and shed tears and beg God to bless him and the leadership is because of this. All week long, we're supposed to be going out taking Jesus to people and telling them that there is a church that has God on it and there is a preacher and a pastor that loves the Lord and God uses him and we knock on the door and we carry them in and we set them down in here and we say, you're at the hospital where you can get some help and one man of God stands up and preaches and hundreds of people at one time hear one message but God's so supernatural he can touch your needs and your needs and your needs and your needs they're all different some people need to be saved some people just need a help some people need encouragement some people's going through a bad marriage got wayward children got a health report everybody's going through something different some people are walking with God on the mountaintop and they want to rejoice and one man can be supernaturally touched by God and preaching everybody get what they need at one time and here's what the Lord said about it he said take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more he said I will repay thee notice he didn't say if you spend more he said when you spend more that wording is key in other words the Lord's saying reaching people's a costly business being a church that goes after folks it does, I'm not just talking about your pocketbook it can get expensive in that no doubt I meet people all the time. They say, I can't believe people spend that on sending youth people to can. And it's always amazing to me that many times they don't even have any around. And I'm sitting here thinking, what difference does it make what it costs? I thought God owned it all. I'm not talking about being crazy. I'm not talking about nobody taking advantage of nobody. I'm just talking about this right here. You get out what you put into something. Your prayer life, your study life, your marriage, children, times everything. So here we are. We've got a hospital. We've got a man of God. And we've got the Lord, the Samaritan, that's going to and fro. So where are we at in the story, preacher? We're the beast. We're the transportation of the Lord. I meet people all the time. They say, well, don't get too overboard on that. Said, God can do anything and he can save them all by himself. Well, that's true. I said, but I'm not interested in what God can do. I'm interested in what he said he would do. Last time I checked in my Bible, that God's always used the instrument of human mankind. He saved you on purpose with a purpose, and that was for you to reach somebody nobody else can reach. So what you do every morning, young person, when you go to school, man, sir, woman, when you go to work, you should bend down in the morning and say, Jesus, come on for a ride. You ought to pick him up with you. You ought to drop him off at McDonald's for coffee. You ought to drop him off at the schoolhouse when you go to class and go to PE and when you get to talk. You ought to drop him off at football practice and you ought to drop him off at work. And you ought to drop him off with your youngins when they get home and you have some time with them and you tell them about the Lord and you pray. We've taken him everywhere we go. And what, here's what you'll find. You can't do nothing to change nobody. 
but the Lord can. But you got to get him there for him to be able to change them. You may not be able to physically get to them. Nobody can outrun the Holy Ghost. Your prayers can go places nobody else can. God has you right where he has you because he wants you to commit yourself to this action. And I'm going to make a difference for the glory. Sometimes I think we get overwhelmed by people that say, well, you need to be giving out a thousand tracks a week or a month. Get on all these campaigns, I guess you call it. I, I'm just, I'm different. I, I'm, I'm just not big into that. I, I don't want to put a big board up that says who's, who won the most souls and who runs the most bus riders because I feel like everybody just starts bragging about it. I'm not in this thing tell everybody else how many people I won. The only number I care about is the number, and the only reason we care about numbers at all because there's a soul behind it. You win one or you win a hundred, it's all the same. That's somebody that's not going to hell. And so on one end, we don't want to do nothing, but on the other end, don't get overwhelmed with sometimes I think the devil uses that to say, you got to do this and you got to do that, you got to do that, and you'll get burned out because there ain't nothing really, no love behind it. And that's what keeps you going is the, is, is the relationship. So here's my challenge to you. You got revival this week. You got a great pastor. You got a great church. You got one of the most anointed preachers in America coming to preach. God's been all over this place this morning. There's no telling what the Lord wants to do this week. It could be phenomenal. That's what I was sitting about thinking of. I was just crying, thinking God could do something for this area that's been prayed for for so long. And this could be the time. My question is you. I'm not asking you to reach a thousand. I'm not asking you to go out tomorrow and soul win for four hours and put it on Facebook so everybody knows you're a soul winner. I'm not asking for any of that. I'm just asking for you to quietly try to reach one person. Just call them. Just love on them. Tell them you'll buy them a cheeseburger. Just get one person. If everybody in this church just won one or two people to the Lord a year, pretty easy. I mean, I'm just saying love on somebody one or two, three, four a year. Think about what this church would be next year. Each one just reaching one. Because here's what I like. I don't want, and sometimes the Lord has me do it, and I'm not against it. I think it's wonderful. But my favorite and personal, just what makes my heart go, is I want to know things about them. I want to find out about their family. I want to talk to them about their children or their parents. Big in a relationship, text back and forth a little bit. Try to get invested in that man's world. Then at the right time, if God will allow it, be able to say, hey, why don't you come church with me? Love, I want you to be surprised. They may not say to you what you think they'd say. Okay, if they come and get us a song invitation preacher. While they're coming, I'll share this little story with you now. I thought about my papa was at the hospital and he was my hero. Some of you heard my testimony. He prayed for God to save me and call me to preach, but didn't tell nobody except grandma and daddy. They told me long after he passed away when I answered the call to preach. And I was up there and, you know, I cut the cord and the baby come to life and all those overwhelming moments, but they had me doing so much because there wasn't hardly nobody in the room that I didn't even have a moment to enjoy it hardly. Went out in the lobby where all the family was. It was just me and my wife back there. Went out there to everybody, and I knew grandparents-to-be was ready. I told them. They all smiled, cried, rejoiced. I turned back down the hallway and was walking back to my wife, and that was the first moment I'd done told everybody to have nothing to think about. I knew her was, she was fine, baby was fine, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. But I was a daddy. God bless me. Then right after that, immediately thought about my Paul Paul. 
thought about how bad I wanted him to be here. Them tears started running. I just started weeping. I just sort of looked up, felt as though the Lord said, See, Spartan. A little peace come over me. And I love you, Paul Paul. About the time I thought about that, I thought about how I wouldn't be serving God. A little girl may not even, may not ever met my wife. I never had a baby. If somehow that would all came together, I could be growing up right now in a terrible home of chaos and disorder. Could have destroyed her life and never gave her a chance. Only reason I'm here, to make a long story short, is my grandpa had a third grade education, couldn't read or write. Barely could sign his name. Momo had to do it all. He could work with his hands, and he was my hero. As a man in his early 60s, missionary come and wept his eyes out and said, our ministry's over. The government's condemning our building. The roof's falling. Can't build it. Don't have the money. Don't know how if we did. Holy Ghost said to my grandpa, you can't preach and you can't sing. Build that man in church. Paul Paul taught our pastor. Pastor called other men that raised the money. He put a group of men together. My whole young childhood we spent driving to Colburn and back. Go Friday night, work all day Saturday, come back home. So we could be back in our church. Weekend after weekend after weekend, they tore it down. Put a concrete pad down. They studded the walls. Put all the metal beams up. All that stuff is just a young 11, 12-year-old boy. I was watching and helping just a little here and there. Watching my grandpa, my daddy, and all those men. That building got done. Never forget, Bruce took me inside, and by this time I maybe was 14, I guess. Got the crying, son. He said, because your grandpa did what I can't do, I can now do what he can't do. He said, every soul that's ever saved, he said, God will reward us the same. I'm so thankful for Paul Paul. I just remember, you know, as the only way a child could take it in, that wasn't long after that, I got a phone call and they said I need to come down there. My grandpa was a big old farm man and he always was, just, you know, it seemed like he was always strong. Staring around the room, strong. Finally looked at me and he said, son, I've got stage four cancer. He said, it's terminal. It's terminal. I was about 60 times. So I said, no, Paul, Paul, no, no. And he said, son, listen to me. I do. Get it. I'm telling you. All right. I remember I left out of there very mad and bitter. Told me he was going to take the chemo because I was going to be the first grandbaby to graduate that next May from high school, 17 years old. I guess I just want to be there. So I told him I'd take the chemo. Try to get six more months. He started taking the chemo and he got so sick. And you, you all know about cancer. And just took his whole big body away. I had to help him to the bathroom. Many times I'd go down there and help Mama. They're watching with a walker and even sweatpants at one time. Hobble up to the shop on the hill. We always called it Pawpaw's Shop. Beating and banging, and go outside and throw up, all that stuff. Almost said, you're going to kill yourself. Said, what was he doing? Told it like this. He said, the only way you can tell, he's old school, the only way you can tell the difference between a church and a Walmart is it's got to have a steeple on it. And he said, by the grace of God, he said, I'm going to hang my steeple before I die. He worked until he got so sick he about killed himself. Finally finished it. They rode up to Colburn. Uh, Paul Paul couldn't hang it. They got that thing bolted in. They put it up there. He could still move them fingers up. On the way home, he looked over at my daddy and he said something like this. 
done. I can go home now. That I've accomplished the purpose which God really saved me and formed me into the world. That I'm at peace. Of course, he argued with him. You don't want to hear that stuff. I'll spit in the table. All right. Wasn't long after that, I got a phone call about 5 o'clock in the morning. I played a football game, October the 1st, Saturday morning, 2006. I barely missed Grandma's call, and I called her back. She, I couldn't get her, so I knew what was going on. I flew down the hill. I lived a quarter mile from them. Flinging gravel, getting to the bottom of the hill in my Jeep, ran inside, standing by the bed with tears running down, and she said, Looked over at her, and I said, that I come out here, I heard him struggling. And she said, a little before six, with both hands in the air and a smile on his face, that I saw him take his last breath. I wish I could tell you I had camp meeting that day and it was so wonderful, but I was hurting. And sometimes we try to be so spiritual, we forget to tell people how it really is. I ran down to the lake and I folded my arms and I told God if this is what it was like to serve him, I wanted nothing to do with it. I wasn't even right with God at the time. I saved but wasn't living right. Grandpa probably had the devil tell him many times, what a waste of time in your life to do it. One day in June, after I graduated, I was sitting in Myrtle Beach and woke up from doing things I shouldn't have done. Sober at daybreak. I'd been through a church split and people fighting in the parking lot. I was a bitter person. Religion had dropped me. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll say, but what do you do when your heroes, 12 and 14, are plugging out in the parking lot at 70-year-old men that are deacons that are supposed to be the leaders? Hurt. I was sitting down there and the Holy Ghost come to me and said, I love you and I want to take you home. And I thought, I said, yeah, but what about all them hypocrites? What about all them people that passed me by on the other side? All them people that ain't cared about me one bit since I left. Here's what the Holy Ghost said. The devil's fighting on one hand. I could, it's like I could see it now, just the way that war was going in my mind. I didn't understand it all now, but I do now, then, but I do now. Holy Ghost said, yeah, but what about your papa? No, he's real. It ain't no God. Your salvation and all that, you just think it was whatever and you're trying to blow it off. He said, explain that steep. Broke me. During that moment, it broke me. Tears started flowing. I bought up like a little baby in the floor and said, God, if you'll let me get home, I believe in my Paul Paul and I believe in you. I went home, got right with the Lord. God in that little church had a great pastor and God started dealing with me again about the call to preach. First time was 11. I got a little picture in my office of that steeple and my grandpa sitting beside it. Many times the devil will say, why don't you quit? Why don't you just fold it all in? What difference does it make? I want to let you know this morning, somewhere in the background is a little 17-year-old boy watching you. There's somebody that's counting on you this week to go get God, to go help them, to go love on them. There's somebody that's counting on you to finish your race so that they can start theirs. Now, my little baby girl is blessed because somebody helped her daddy. My pawpaw would have dropped the ball. wonder where I'd be. See, this thing of thinking, well, it don't matter. I'm just one person. I'll quit church. I'll get mad. I'll go to the lake. I'm going to enjoy life. I'm tired of all this. It seems like it don't matter. It's going to be okay, and the devil's rocking us to sleep. But I'm telling you, the way you serve God matters because there's somewhere, somehow, somebody that you're their hero. You're, the, you're their world. Wonder, what are you going to pass by? What kind of actions will you take? What kind of compassion? What kind of tears? When was the last time you wept over somebody that needed the Lord? 
You lost family, your children, grandchildren, mom and daddies. When was the last time you loaded up Jesus in the morning? They come for a ride. Let's go make one. Just read one. How you start, church, is how you finish. My heart this morning is this. Please just hang your steeple. Everybody can sing and preach, but you can all do something. Work with your hands. Work with the children. Organize. Sing in the choir. If you don't do any of those, just pray and get a hold of God and learn how to be the greatest prayer warrior ever. Hang a steeple. Because you may die waiting on the promise. God's faithful. It may be six months later, six years later, but the Holy Ghost make it all right just like he did for me. I'm literally preaching off the back. Man that didn't have hardly no talents according to this world. Got God right. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just quickly this morning, I wonder if there'd be somebody who'd say, Preacher, I don't know for sure I'm saved. Don't come to me, don't embarrass me, but I'd just like for you to pray for me. You was talking about all the difference the Lord makes and all of that stuff, but I don't know that I've ever had an encounter with God and He's really changed my life. Preacher, if I died, I'd be afraid to know where I'd go. Would you just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, remember me. I won't come to you, I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Just let the Lord know. You want prayer. Anybody this morning, just slip your hand up, put it right back down. Preacher, pray for me. You can't raise your hand while heads are bowed. Can you just look this way, make eye contact with me? Look this way for a moment. I just want to make sure there's nobody I need to pray for. God bless you, sir. God bless you, buddy. Would there be some others? Preacher, I just don't know. Preacher, I just don't know. Maybe there'd be others you'd say, Preacher. I want to hang my steeple and I want to get this thing right. I want to go for the glory of God. Here's my hand, preacher. I want to make a difference. I want to reach somebody. Slip your hand up and say, I want to make a difference for God. It's all over the building. They're going to play and sing this morning. If you don't know the Lord, I invite you to come. A few of you raised your hand. And why don't you just come right here to the communion table and bow in the front if you don't know the Lord. And if you're here and you got a burden, if you're here and you got lost family, if you're here, you want to make a difference this week, you want to hang your steeple, you want to thank the Lord, or whatever's on your heart, I just ask you to mind the Holy Spirit and it'll all be right. As we're standing all over the building, they play and sing, would you mind God? Let's finish right. Let's give God everything we got. I promise you it'll be worth it in the end. Somebody's counting on you. Somebody's looking to you. Only you can reach certain people. Will you make a difference? What will you do with the opportunity this week? Folks are coming. How about you? got needs this morning, why don't you bring them before the Lord? Some of you seasoned Christians, you know what we need this morning? You need the same thing I need. You know what that is? I'm asking God for more compassion to finish this year out than I've ever had. I want to love people better than I ever had. I don't want to get caught up in religion and the facade of it all and what man thinks 
want heaven to be approved. I want God to be pleased. Don't you want to reach somebody? Just one between now and the end of the year, somebody you love? Won't we come ask God this morning to squeeze on our heart in a fresh way? Give us a fresh glimpse of just how many people are hurting and they need for us to help them. church. This is where you get help. This is where you find healing. I'll say this to you. The Bible said whatsoever you spend more, he knows it's going to cost you. You may have to give up some things in this world. He said, but when I come again, not if, but when, he said, I will repay thee. I don't know about you, but I believe the Lord could come at any time. It just seems like the whole earth is groaning for the return. When he comes, I'd like to just think I'm somewhere helping somebody. He said, but look what it cost me. So many words, he said, when I come back, I'll bring the checkbook. He said, you may not see much return down here, but even the dividends in heaven are out of this world. He'll reward you for your faithfulness, not your results. That's what man talks about. God operates on the measure of faithfulness. You do right. I promise you the Lord's pleased. No matter the rest, that's up to God. Let's give it everything we got this year. Let's give it everything we got. Somebody somewhere is looking for a steeple. I'm just glad somebody gave me mine. So I got a shot now to give a little girl hers. It matters. Oh, it matters how you serve God. I love you, preacher. Thank you. Thank you. Would you bow your heads with me, Father? Thank you for your presence today. Thank you for the man of God that you sent our way. Lord, my heart sure needed it. Lord, thank you for a church that welcomes the presence of the Lord into its midst. <clears throat> or a congregation that just loves on people. And I don't want to be somewhere standing in judgment of someone. I want to be somewhere loving on somebody. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. <clears throat> Lord, we love you. Thank you most of all for loving us. In Christ's name, amen. Give me 30 seconds. I want you to be seated with me for 30 seconds. Um, ushers, could I get you all to come back down here if you would, please, gentlemen? I want to do something special for this preacher. Uh, we've already made a check out to him from our church, but I want you to give a little something. You need to write a check, write it to our church, but my Bible tells me that a prophet is worth double honor. He's a man of God, and he's traveling all over this country. Got a basket full of stuff for his little girl, um, and you know if my wife's involved, it's already monogrammed with her name all over it. And then we got a thing of caffeine for him because he's going to need it. Amen. But I want you to give him a little something to help him get down the road. And I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I don't do, so uh, we're going to contribute, and I'm going to ask you to do the same. You do whatever you can. Father, thank you for the day, for your blessings now. In Christ's name.
We're not going to rush the offering plate. Amen. All right, let's stand to our feet this morning. Has God blessed you for being here? Amen. No services this evening. Rest up. Get ready for revival this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Brother C.T. Townsend, Kyler Rowland, and Deliverance. What a joy to be here this morning. And we're looking forward to even greater things this week. God, it's been good to be in your house today. We're so honored and grateful for what you've done in our midst. Thank you for the joyful sounds, for this music that you gave them to bless our hearts. Thank you for the message. Lord, thank you for Brother Heath and his willingness to follow you. Lord, we sure love that young man, and I pray that you'd keep him safe. Bless his family, his wife, his little girl as he travels. Lord, I pray that you'd meet their every need. We love you, and we thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Fellowship with each other this morning.